In the morning, my brothers and sisters in Christ, how are you today? You're listening to St. Mark and Bemidji's podcast, a podcast about redemption through the glory of Christ Jesus, our risen Savior. I really enjoy producing this program, but our podcast isn't the church. You can't receive all the blessings that God wants you to receive through a TV or a radio or a podcasting 2.0 compliant app on your phone or iPad. No, there's so much more that you receive when you come to see Jesus. How do I know for sure? Come and see, and then you'll know too. What this podcast is, though, is it's a good supplement. It's a way to stay in the Word between the times of the divine services. And we do our level best here to bring good quality meditations to you on the Word. Today we have a voice that we haven't heard on the podcast in several years. Pastor Cody Hauk of St. Luke's in Grand Rapids, Minnesota. He filled in on this Lenten service for Pastor Z as part of our traditional pulpit swap. The title of the meditation is Restraint, and it's based on a reading from Luke chapter 22, verses 47 through 53. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Dear children of God. Our sermon text is from Luke chapter 22. You'll find those words printed on page 4 of your worship folder. While he was speaking, a crowd came up, and the man who was called Judas, one of the twelve, was leading them. He approached Jesus to kiss him, but Jesus asked him, Judas, are you betraying the Son of Man with a kiss? When Jesus' followers saw what was going to happen, they said, Lord, should we strike with our swords? One of them struck the servant of the high priest, cutting off his right ear. But Jesus answered, No more of this. He touched the man's ear and healed him. Then Jesus said to the chief priests, the officers of the temple guard, and the elders who had come for him, Am I leading a rebellion that you have come with swords and clubs? Every day I was with you in the temple courts. And you do not lay a hand on me. But this is your hour when darkness reigns. The word of our Lord. So you can feel the pressure beginning to build inside of you. Your heart rate is is increasing. Your blood pressure is going up. Your body temperature is rising. Your breaths are speeding up and you can... Feel the sweat starting to form because you have been wronged. And you need to do something about it right now. And what do you do? On Thursday of Holy Week, so that that night before Jesus would be put to death when he was in that upper room in Jerusalem, Jesus was laying it out there for his disciples that he was about to be treated like a criminal. He he warned them that their lives now and their ministries were going to become more difficult because in the past they had been welcomed into homes, they had been accepted by people, but from now on Jesus made it clear there would be much more hostility. 
And it didn't take long for the disciples to get their first taste that night. Because when that Passover meal was over and Jesus led his disciples out into the Garden of Gethsemane, you heard what happened. A detachment of soldiers guided by the Jewish religious leaders and by Judas, one of the twelve, the betrayer, came to arrest Jesus. But the disciples were ready for action. We're told Peter took a sword and he swung it and he severed off an ear. But Jesus rebuked them. No more of this. And he healed the man's ear. We know Jesus had done absolutely nothing wrong. And he declared to the mob that he wasn't engaging in some open, violent rebellion or insurrection that would call for a detachment of soldiers. And if he had been guilty even of some lesser crime, he they could have easily have, have come and arrested him out in public in the daylight on many occasions. But Jesus knew very clearly why they came under the cover of darkness. Because they had no legitimate case against him. This was mob justice, bribery, collusion, all at its, at its worst. And it was completely unjust and unfair. And what did Jesus do? Well, a man who can take an ear that's been severed off and put it right back in its place, fully healed that instant, had a lot of options in that situation. With one word, Jesus said he could call legions of angels at his disposal. That could, and that army would have no chance. No army on earth would have a chance. In John's Gospel, he tells us when when uh, they come and he asks, Jesus asks, who are you looking for? And they say, Jesus of Nazareth. And Jesus says, I am he. We're told that the whole group falls over backwards and they have to get back up on their feet. And with just one more word, Jesus could have done away with all of it. But Jesus didn't. Instead, he healed a man who had come to arrest him. He exercised restraint. Perfect, holy restraint. Not for himself, but for us. For the world. Restraint, it's that ability to kind of hold back. It's part of our kind of self-control. And it's not always easy, especially when we've been wronged or even just feel that we've been wronged. I mean, how do you respond to that unwarranted criticism? What's your first reaction when someone accuses you of doing something that you didn't do? Or how do you react when people aren't listening the way you'd like them to listen or if just things aren't going your way? Restraint, usually not our first inclination. So we have to ask ourselves, why is that so difficult for us? Well, it's our sinful nature and Satan knowing how hard at work that sinful nature 
is in us that always tends to think of ourselves first. How did this hurt me? What did I do to deserve this? Why aren't they thinking of me and my needs and how this makes me feel? It's all about our pride, our dignity, and our sense of justice. We kind of get this sense that, well, I'm on trial and I need to defend myself. Need to defend myself. And when we get into that mindset, the pressure builds, our heart rate and our blood pressure goes up, the emotions start going all over the place, we're maybe not thinking as clearly as we, we should be, and we just have this, this feeling that we want to, to get right and we need to get rid of this, this other feeling that we don't want and we, we need to feel better right now. And maybe we're not picking up a sword or a weapon and swinging it and fighting that way, but how quickly and easily do we lash out with our, with our tongues? Or we nowadays fire off a, an angry text or an email or we leave bitter words in, in the comment box. We, we glare, we fight back, and so often we sin. What does Jesus say? No more of this. And then he heals. So we look at Jesus. We see how he never thought of himself first. He was not thinking about the fact that he had done absolutely nothing wrong to deserve this. Or he wasn't concerned what was going to make that situation better or make him feel better. No, the first thing he did is he looked at this man bleeding from the place where his ear used to be. And Jesus saw him not as an enemy, one that he needed to defeat, but as a man with a soul and a name. And we're given that name. John's Gospel tells us this was Malchus. And Jesus in his Sermon on the Mount had told his disciples, had told everybody listening, love your enemies. And now he clearly showed his disciples. He shows us what that looks like. So we know Jesus was not thinking of himself. And we do know that Jesus was thinking of you and me. Because he knows that the path to your salvation began with his surrender to this unholy mob in that garden. He showed perfect holy restraint. And that restraint remains a theme throughout Jesus' passion. I mean, he stood in the garden as the perfect lamb of God. He was the servant who never opened his mouth to hurt or raised his hand to harm, but gave himself over willingly. His restraint was on display as he stood on trial before Caiaphas, before Herod, before Pilate, all their factions as he was taunted and ridiculed and spat and struck and scourged, and he never once lashed out or lost his temper or called down curses from heaven. Even as they nailed him to the cross, he showed that loving restraint, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And this is the Savior that we need. We who will never be perfect in our restraint 
or in loving others or loving our enemies. But Jesus was. And so we need His quiet and purposeful obedience to His Father's will. We need His perfection, His holiness, His righteousness. We need His restraint in our place so that we can one day stand before our Father. That's exactly what Jesus came to do. We need Him first and foremost as our Savior who showed restraint. But as we look to Him who did that in our place to save us, we also see then our motivation for the restraint He asks of us, His disciples. And when we live in a world where the quick comeback, the zinger response, the demeaning answer, they're rewarded both in real life and all over social media, talk shows and news channels thrive on damaging reports to gain more viewers and secure a loyal audience. I mean, social media algorithms are target our outrage to get us to engage more and more. And so when we live in a world that's fueled by this, it easily can affect us. We begin to think that if we don't respond with the same level of venom, well, then no one's going to listen to us. Thinking of the other person is far less important than making sure that I'm heard and I get my justice. But now what if we did something different? Imagine the impact you can have on this re- on this overcharged world where restraint is a lost art. You know Jesus. You know the one who showed love and restraint all the way to his sacrificial death on a cross for sinners like you and me. You know Jesus who is in control of all things, working them for the good of his people. This means that we can be different. You, we, all of us can use our words to heal and help instead of to anger and destroy. We could think of the hurt others feel rather than the hurt they've caused us. We can respond graciously, not impulsively, when we're provoked by those around us. So we look to the one who was perfect, who did, do, who did it so much differently, and we need him to have done that for us. But now that we trust and believe in Him for that salvation, we too are different. We know God is in control of all things. We know we stand forgiven. We know what comes in the end regardless of what this world tries to send our way. And so we can reflect that restraint in our lives and look for that opportunity in restraint to share the good news with other sinners of their Savior Jesus and his perfect holy restraint for them as well. Amen. I sincerely pray that today's meditation on God's Word has enriched you. Didn't get enough of God's Word? Are you missing out on that in-person fellowship? We hold divine services right here in Bemidji, Minnesota at 8 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. on Sunday mornings. Sunday school and adult Bible study is also offered between our Sunday services at 9.15 a.m. We also live stream our Sunday Divine Service at 8 a.m. You can ensure that you are notified when a stream is live or a new podcast is available by subscribing to our YouTube channel. It's easy to find by typing in St. Mark Bemidji in the search bar and clicking on the subscribe button. Want to listen to meditations the way I do every day? 
Subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app. Go to podcastindex.org and search for St. Mark Bemidji to find us. This is our fifth year producing this podcast, and there is a large archive of devotional material online available if you want to learn more about God and His Word. Visit www.stmarksbemidji.org or look in the show notes in this podcast for a link to this and many other meditations on God. If you have any questions or you would like more information about our church and its ministry, please visit our website, which is once again www.stmarksbemidji.org. May God bless the rest of your day.